Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Jude? Uh, we don't often hear messages from the book of Jude, uh, but we will be in Jude today. On the beginning of this new year, as has been our practice for uh, about a decade now, we like to reserve the first Sunday in January for a message on on prayer. Why, you might ask, why this commitment to at least an annual message on prayer? Well, we do this because of the need of our hearts, because of how easy it is to neglect the means of grace that, that God gives to us in the discipline and the joy of communing with him in prayer. Prayer is so critical, it's so vital to our Christian life, yet it can be so easily abandoned or at least sidelined in our lives. Um, I, I'm, I'm preaching to people whose lives are full, whose lives are very busy. I, I don't know if you're like me, but there are some days when I wake up and um, when I turn to prayer, I can have this, I mean, there's often joy in prayer, but sometimes prayer can be, uh, our list of things that we need to do can sometimes crash in and just kind of overwhelm our sense of prayer. And I, I occasionally have this sense like, you know, when you're on the highway and when you're driving, some of you may not know what this is like, but when you're on the highway and you're driving in the slower lane and cars are just passing you by, um, you know, and, and you just almost feel like you're just sitting there and they're just like, you know, sometimes, sometimes prayer can feel that way. Like, like all the tasks that we need to get done are just like zooming by and, and others are, are making, making traction and we're just, we're just sitting there and sometimes prayer can feel that way. And, and see, God knows that we need to be encouraged and strengthened and, and challenged and exhorted in prayer. And so he, throughout his scripture, he just peppers the scripture all over the place with these exhortations to pray. Why? Not because he intends for us to, to feel guilty and hang our head and like, oh, I'm such a bad prayer. No, because this is a means of grace that God has given to us that he intends to encourage us and, and strengthen us in. And so he, he peppers the scripture with exhortations to pray because he wants to bless us and he wants relationship with us. And so on the first Sunday of the year, we like to just give messages on prayer because we need to be stirred up, don't we? We need to be reminded of what prayer is. We, we need to be encouraged to approach our Father once again in holy prayer. God loves relationship with his people and he loves to hear from us in prayer. And God changes us, dear friends, as we approach him in prayer. You know, sometimes we think, you know, you know, I'm trying to change God's heart as I pray this thing. No, what happens in prayer is God changes our hearts, doesn't he? He re rearranges our sense of our plan and he speaks to us and communicates to us and shapes us. Um, you know, I, I appreciate the authenticity and the truthfulness of Scripture as well. Jesus knew that we would be tempted at times to be discouraged in prayer and lose heart. And, and in fact, he wrote a, a very, or shared a, a parable to the effect that, that we ought not to lose heart, that we ought not to give up in prayer. We're not going to look at that parable this morning, but the fact that he, he spoke that way encourages me. We can relate to God in real time. He knows that at times it's a challenge for us. Whether it be because there are so many things on our to-do list 
or because we've been praying for something for a long time and for God's own reasons that isn't coming to pass. He knows that at times we will be discouraged in prayer. And so I, my prayer first for my own heart as I've been uh, preparing this message this week is, Lord, again, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Help me to, to know that coming to you in prayer is one of the great graces of my life. And may the Lord stir us together, dear friends. We're not just doing this because this is what the calendar says to you. Oh, it's the first Sunday we have to. No, may the Lord stir us and remind us that he loves it when we come to him in prayer. And that he wants to change us over the coming year as we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And we pray. A little bit about this letter before we jump into it. This letter is written by Jude. And you may ask, well, who who is Jude? Jude is the brother of James and Jesus. Jude is writing to the church, and he's warning to this church um, about these false teachers that had come in and had infiltrated the church. These uh, false teachers had, uh, verse 4 tells us, if you don't mind looking there, it, it just says they had crept in unnoticed into the church and have somehow gained influence over at least a part of the church. And and what influence were they bearing? They were distorting the gospel. In verse 4 it says these false teachers were perverting the grace of our God. So Jude writes to this dear church, this body of believers, and, and he wants them to be aware of the fact that there are false teachers coming into the church and that they, they should defend the truth of God against these false teachers, that th- there's this call in the Christian faith to always be aware of what's being taught and that it accords with true and holy scripture. And so, so Jude is writing them, hey, beware, there are false teachers in your midst. Make sure you are contending for the truth of God's word. That, that's a call for these folks in their day. That's a right call for us in our day as well. So, so there's this call to, to protect the truth of God. But that's not the only thing that we need to watch carefully. We're not going to focus on that. That's part of the first section of Jude. We're going to put our emphasis on the second half of Jude. And he instructs the dear people of this church not just to watch after the truth, but also to watch after their own very lives. To, to keep a close watch on themselves and to keep themselves in the love of God. There, there are means of grace that Jude instructs the hearers that God wants to give to us so that we can keep ourselves in the love of God. And, and it's our delight to take a few minutes to, to look at that together this morning. So uh, I'm going to read now. I'm going to read Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude, and I'm going to read verses 17 through 21. As I read, let me remind us all that this is God's holy, perfect, and inspired word. But you must remember, beloved, and by the way, isn't that a great way to address the church? He loves them so much. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers 
following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Father, thank you this morning that you have preserved this word that we might benefit from it this morning. And now, God, we we attend to it and ask your Spirit's help. Lord, as we ask each Sunday, would you would you change and refine our hearts through your holy word? Lord, you've come not just to, to have us be addressed by some man but to be addressed by holy God. And we just have been addressed by you. And so change us through that address, we pray together in Christ's name. Amen. When I was in um, uh, the Sovereign Grace Pastors College that I went to back in 2004 and 2005, um, my preaching professor, actually the same one that, that Chris had, his name's Jeff Perswell, my preaching professor said that when you make a main point for a sermon, you're, you're summarizing a main point, he says, make sure it is tight and it is like a phrase long so that people can remember it. Well, I threw all of that out the window as I just couldn't condense down this these verses into one little phrase or, or something. So here is the main point. I just want to give it to you at the outset so that you can anticipate where we're going. Here, here is what I believe Jude is saying to us. God is saying to us. We keep ourselves in the love of God by building up our faith and praying in the Spirit as we wait on the Lord. And we find that as we practice these means of grace, it is God that is keeping us. Let me read it again. We keep ourselves in the love of God by building up our faith and praying in the Spirit as we wait on the Lord. And we find that as we practice these means of grace, it is God that's keeping us. And I guess I can uh, put it in a phrase and I would say this. The main point is we keep while being kept. See, Jude calls us to certain things here. He, he's actually saying, no, there, there is effort involved in the Christian life. This isn't, this isn't just a, you know, you, you pray a prayer of salvation, you sit back for the rest of your life. There are things that we can do to, to enjoy God in greater measure. So yesterday I built a fire in our, in our fireplace and, and it was especially delightful, wasn't it? Yesterday to get some snow coming down and my wife becomes like a, a seven year old girl and she flits all around the house. She's so happy when it snows. And so we had this burning fire and it was beautiful. But um, we, we built it, and then we had dinner, and then I stepped back into the room, this beautiful fire. It was like all but kaput. And so I, I had to rekindle the flame and, and do some things in order to rekindle the flame, and then it was a beautiful fire again. That is an image, if you will, of what Jude is seeking to do in our hearts this morning. He's, he's 
preaching, he's, he's writing to believers who have the flame of Christ already. They have the spirit within them. But from time to time, the flame can, can become dull. We can, we can lose our way. We can be isolated from the, the real fire of God. And, and he wants to in, inflame these believers by reminding them of the graces that God has given to them to keep that flame alive. This isn't just we just don't sit there. No, there are things that we can do uh, to keep that flame alive, to, to throw logs on the fire of our devotion to Christ. And so the title, uh, for those who might be taking notes, the title of this message is Keeping While Being Kept. There are things that we do to keep our love alight, but we also realize that even as we do those things, it's God, in fact, that is keeping us along. So uh, the main imperative we see here to the people of God is, is verse 21. Look, look down there if you would again. Keep yourselves in the love of God. There's action in that phrase, right? Keep yourselves. It doesn't say just sit there um, and the love of God will be active. It, it's true that we are justified by the grace of God and that God is the one who carries us. But along the journey to heaven, there are ways that God has given us to, to keep that fire burning in our hearts. So keep ourselves in the love of God. Now, why again do we need to pay close attention to this? Well, because of the principle of drift. The principle of drift. It's very easy for us to drift away from the Lord. Back in 2017, um, a, a number of us men and our sons went to Maine. We went on a father-son uh, camping canoe trip. And it was a great time up in Maine. Uh, for those who know Josh Isabel, he was our host. And we had a just a wonderful time. So Micah and Ethan came along with me as well as other dads and sons in this room. We went up and... Uh, Part of our time, we were there about five or six days. Part of our time was on a lake and, and a river and we were in canoes. And, and you know, canoeing is hard work and there's a current that's at work underneath the canoe. And Josh said, whatever you do, keep paddling. Whatever you do, keep paddling because if you just sit there and drift, you're going to get dislocated from the group and it's going to be harder on you. And I remember one time when I was with Micah in the boat, um, I, I was just, I, my arms got tired and uh, I said, Mike, let's just take take a minute and stop paddling. And, you know, picture me putting my head back, eyes closed, basking in the sun. Um, and I I just come to a, a few what seemed like seconds later, realizing that the current that seemed very small to me, it seemed almost non-existent, quite frankly, had carried us pretty far away from the rest of the group. There was work to be done to get back because we had drifted. Now think about your own spiritual life. Is there anyone in this room that could say, hey, I don't need to grow in, in any way. I have, I have total control over my prayer life, over all kinds of things. We all have the ability to drift. And Jude is saying to us, no, keep yourselves in the love of God. The love of God is where you want to be. And how do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Well, the first way is simply to remind ourselves of who God is and who we are. It's right and appropriate on, for us on the first Sunday in 2024 to, to again say, okay, Lord, who, who am I apart from you? I am apart from you. I am a sinner 
who deserve your judgment. That's, that's who I am apart from you. By your profound grace, you have, you have sent Jesus Christ into this world. Just what Chris read earlier, 2 Corinthians 5. He made him to be him who was no sin to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. God sent Christ in this world that Christ would take our place on the cross, what we deserve, and now we have the righteousness of God. And I'm saying to us together as a body, there is no greater truth to stoke the love of God in our hearts than to remember the gospel, right? There is no greater way to combat all of the things that come at us in life than to daily remember the grace of God in our lives. We were once lost and now we are found. We were enemies of God and now we are friends of God. We were not in his family and now we are in his family. And Jude is saying, keep yourselves, dear church, beloved, keep yourselves in the love of God because we all can drift away from that, right? The busyness of life, our to-do list, things with kids or things with whatever. We have so many things that can attend to our hearts and to our lives that we, we must hear this word, keep yourselves in the love of Christ. Now, he gives a couple of ways very specifically that we can do this. So let's look at them one by one. What does he say? Three things here. Number one, build yourselves up in the faith. Look with me at verse 20 once again. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Jude says that one of the ways that we keep ourselves anchored in the deep and abiding love of God is to build ourselves up in the faith. Now, a, a real question is, okay, that, that sounds great. Oh, what does that look like? How do we, how do we do that? How do we build ourselves up in the faith? Well, we do it by rehearsing, as I just mentioned a moment ago, rehearsing the gospel in our hearts, because that will stoke the flame of our adoration for God, of our worship for God like nothing else. So a daily rehearsal of the gospel is a great way to keep building ourselves up in the faith. But it doesn't end there, though that is, I would say, the most critical thing we can do to stoke the fires of our heart and our affection for God. It, that's not the only thing that we can do. We can do it by enjoying rich fellowship with God through the Word of God. One of the things that I enjoyed so much at the Relay Conference with our young adults there was um, a message by, in fact, my preaching pat, uh, preaching professor, Jeff Perswell. He was there on Friday and Saturday, and, and he preached an excellent message. And, and one of the quotes that I heard there, I took a picture of it, and now I want to share it with you. He said, this is, he was quoting John Piper. I think this is helpful. He said, Piper said, I have never met a mature fruitful, strong, spiritually discerning Christian who is not full of Scripture, devoted to regular meditation on Scripture, and given to storing it in the heart through Bible memorization. I have never met a mature, faithful, strong, spiritually discerning Christian who is not full of Scripture. Now, while that's ringing in your mind, here, here is Jude saying, keep yourselves in the love of God. 
One of the ways we do that is build yourselves up in the faith. Can you think of a greater way to build yourselves up in the faith than by storing God's word in our heart as we read it day by day? As we take opportunity in in the car, perhaps on our dwell app, which I hope you have all, every last one of you who has a phone, I hope you have downloaded the dwell app because it's simply another way to get scripture into our minds. So as we are are driving or, or listening or watching, you know, there's so many ways for us to get biblical intake. I've never met a mature, fruitful, strong, spiritually discerning Christian who is not full of scripture. So, you know, this is the new year. What do we do at the, at the beginning of a new year? Often we make resolutions. We have new starts and it's right that we do, right? Let's not despise the, the day of small beginnings. We might think, oh, I'm just making a, a fraction of a change. That's okay. A fraction of a change can be what God uses to change our hearts significantly. So I just want to encourage you, make a plan for reading the word of God this year. Make a plan for it. Because if we take the approach, well, you know, I'll I'll just kind of crack it open and and say, I don't need a plan. It's like, well, in one sense, you're right. But I would say to you, most of us need action plans. I certainly do. Because if I don't have an action plan, something else is going to come in and, and take my action plan, you know, just it'll take it away if I don't have it and I don't stick to it. So um, when Jude is saying, keep yourselves in the love of Christ and build yourself up in your most holy faith, I just want to encourage you, let's, let's take this new year and take an action plan for your Bible reading. Because here's the thing, God changes us as we read his word. Pastor and theologian Kent Hughes I like reading his stuff. He says this. You cannot be profoundly influenced by that which you don't know. Right? You cannot be profoundly influenced by that which you don't know. And so if we're not committed, dear friends, if we're not committed as a people to be Bible-meditating, Bible-reading people, Do you see how it's so easy to drift and not keep ourselves in the love of God, not build up our most holy faith? What does the word of God do when we read it? It is active and alive. It is the the very breathed out word of God. It, It creates life when it speaks to us. It equips our hearts with truth. It transforms our minds. It trains us in righteousness. This is the power of the word of God. And so when we build up ourselves in our most holy faith, we, we do it so well by taking the word of God and, and taking it into our hearts. And so let me just pause here for a moment and say, what is your plan for your scripture intake this year? What is your plan? I don't, you don't have to have a Bible reading plan, but when do you plan to read? And, and can I just encourage you, even as I, I ask the Lord to help me myself, that, that we would read the Word of God. Not so that we can check off some box. Lord, look, I was a good Christian today. We read the Word of God because we believe that it's God's good Word to us. To illustrate, um, this passage, um, this message at, 
at the Relay Conference. One other thing about it. Jeff Perswell took out a letter from his wife, and he illustrated it this way. You know, recently at a conference, he was traveling internationally, and he said, um, when I, often when I go away, my wife will slip in uh, a letter in, in my luggage for me to discover, you know, once I arrive. And he said, I, I had flown all night, I had preached all day, I was in the hotel, and I, I discovered this letter. And he said, you know, this is a way that I, I feel so connected to my wife. I'm halfway around the world from her, and she writes this letter to me, and I open it up, and I read it, and I immediately feel connected to her. Her love is pouring through the words that she composed for my benefit and to express her affection and desires for me. It comes through this letter. And he said, here, here we have... We have the, the love letter of the Lord. It's written for us so that we can receive from him and, and feel connected to him and, and be inspired by truths that he has for us and, and be encouraged in our walk day by day. And so that's, that's the spirit in which we come to the word, right? Not a, not a checklist mentality, but Lord, I, I want to hear from you because you love me. I have evidence of that love. It's not some out there love. The evidence of the love of Christ is that he sent Jesus into the world to die for my sins. So I just, no guilt to your friends. No, no guilt. Guilt is never a good motivator for anything. But, but can we together as, as the people of God say yes? By the grace of God this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep myself in the love of Christ by building myself up in the most holy faith through Going after scripture. There are other ways that we can do that. Let me just mention one or two. Uh, at the outset of a new year, care group. You know, many of us attend care group, but some of us are not attending care group. What is the whole purpose of care group? It's to gather with God's people, to be spurred on and fellowship with one another as we rub shoulders with one another outside the Sunday meeting. Uh, as we get into each other's lives and pray for one another and care for one another, I just want to say we do this to spur ourselves on. We do this to gather together, to, to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. And so I want to encourage you, if, if care group has dropped off your radar, put it back on your radar by the grace of God so that you can participate with others. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If you are, if you are holding back from participating in care group, for X or Y reasons, realize that you are, you are denying other people in this church the gifts that God has given to you for them. Right? You're withholding them. Let's not withhold. Let's, let's press in. Let's enjoy the gifts that God has together as we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. How else does God want us to grow in these things? Secondly, he says, look at verse 20, right there. Praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit. What does this mean? To pray in the Spirit means, among other things, to pray in harmony with the Spirit of God that resides in every believer. It means to be praying in 
communion with the Spirit of God. Every, every believer is, is given the, the Spirit of God to live within us. He dwells with us. And so to be praying in communion with that Spirit who is among us, it means to enjoy the fellowship of the Spirit of God, God's very presence in our hearts and lives as we pray together and agree together with the Lord. See, prayer is one of the primary means that God has given to us for our Christian lives. And God desires that his sons and daughters come to him in prayer. He desires fellowship with us. Do you you realize that? Our, Our prayer life isn't simply us Coming to God, it is this, but it's not simply coming to God and and asking him, hey, here's what I need. I need this, 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 this. Prayer is communion with God through the spirit that lives within us. He gives gifts to enable this to happen even more. He he gives graces to us, but 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 the injunction here is to pray in the spirit. That we might walk with the Spirit and then pray in the Spirit and enjoy the Spirit of God as He, as He helps us along, as He enables us to, what, what does the Spirit do? The Spirit shines the spotlight on Jesus Christ. And, and what is, what does that do for us? It reminds us that regardless of how our day is going, we are fully loved and we are fully justified by Jesus Christ. That's what the Spirit does. He conforms us to the image of Christ and reminds us of the truth of Christ that resides deep in our hearts. And so he says, pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, let let me ask you this question. Imagine with me for a minute that you had a direct phone line, you know, like right on your wall, like picture the old kind of phone, like on your wall with a cord. Some of you don't even know what that is. That's what's really funny. Like, Uh, A phone with a cord? Yeah, that's how we used to have it. So imagine in your house, you had a red phone on the wall. And that red phone, you could take it off and say hello. And immediately on the other line would be the President of the United States. Now, I'm not going political here at all. I'm simply saying, imagine that you had a phone line that you could take off the hook and talk to the President of the United States immediately. He would always be there ready to talk to you. And, And to this President... You fill in the blank, whatever president you would like him to be. To this president, you could, you could share your, your heaviest burdens. You could share your greatest joys. You could give him thoughts about how to make changes in the country. You could do all kinds of things. And he, every time he would pick it up and every time he would hear you. Now, would that, would that do something for you? I, I think it probably would. If we had a direct line, to the most powerful office in our country, perhaps, perhaps in the whole world, and, and we had a direct line right in our kitchen, I think we'd feel pretty good about that. I think that would kind of change the way we, we think about ourselves. Like, I, I have a direct line to the president of the United States. Like, it's right there. I can pick it up at any time. And you see where I'm going with this, don't you? Why? Why is it that I am so dull in prayer to the eternal God of the heavens? Why is it that we just forfeit enjoying time with God who who actually can do something about our situation, unlike the President of the United States, who can move mountains when they need to be moved? 
He can do it. No president can do that. And so think about that red phone in your kitchen and how special it would make you feel. It would. We would all feel incredibly special. And yet we have a direct line to the maker of the heavens and the earth. And this, dear friends, is just a call from Jude, the last book before Revelation. It's a call from Jude to pick up that phone and have direct communion with your Father through the agency of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. You and I can approach God in prayer. Again, no guilt here, just encouragement. Let us pick up that line and use it and appeal to God and pour our hearts out to God and ask Him for things as He leads us. Let us use it, dear friends. You know, one reality that's working against us is that we still do have an enemy who wants desperately to keep us from picking up that phone. He wants desperately to keep us from working and acting and believing and taking that action in prayer. He, he desperately wants to keep us from that. In, um, you know, Hudson Taylor, do you know that name? Hudson Taylor was a pioneering missionary to China in the mid 1800s. It was known about Hudson Taylor. There's, there's a story. You've probably read it or you've heard about it that, that often in travel, you know, there weren't Hyatts and Hiltons and, and all the travel was so difficult in inland China back then. And, and he and his traveling companions would be preaching the gospel at different places. They'd go after a long day's journey, often by horse. And they'd get into their, their boarding house where there wasn't much room and they'd all be sleeping in the same room and, and there, you know, the companions would, would lay down and, and Hudson would always put a, a curtain across where he was, his corner of the room where he was, was staying. And after the lights were out and, or the, I should say the candles were out and, and things, so often his traveling companions would hear the strike of a match and Hudson Taylor lighting a candle. Often, they said, at 2, 2 to 4 a.m. Because he wanted to read the word and he wanted to commune with God in prayer. It sounds to me like he must have been incredibly tired, but there was something greater than sleep that was motivating him in that moment. And it was communion with God in prayer. It was the joy of the word of God. Kind of like that love letter that he'd been longing to read. Here it was on display again and and he went after it. In his commentary on the book of Jude, uh, uh, theologian David Helm, he quotes Hudson Taylor as saying the following uh, about the opposition of our enemy. Satan will always find you something to do when you ought to be occupied about that. He's referring to prayer. Satan will always find you something to do when you ought to be occupied about that if it is only rearranging a window blind. Do you agree with that? Prayer can be hard. I am so incredibly easily distracted in prayer. I'm so grateful for the means of grace God has given to me, but I'm so incredibly easily distracted by prayer. We have an enemy who doesn't want us to pray, and we have this direct invitation from God to pray. And in the midst of all of this, Jude is saying to us this morning, keep yourselves, dear friends. Keep yourselves, 
in the love of God. And one of the ways we keep ourselves in the love of God is through this direct line that we have to Almighty God. Let's not allow the distractions of many things, which is my greatest distraction, the distraction of uh, the to-do list to keep us from communing with God through the Spirit in prayer. Let us not neglect this great gift that God gives to us. The theologian R.C. Sproul says it this way, prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life. I find that helpful. Prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life. And and so if we want to live and breathe in our daily lives, which we do, we, we inhale oxygen. Prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life. If we neglect this great means of grace that God has given to us, if we neglect prayer, if we just let it go, if we allow, if we allow the discouragements, hear me, friends, beloved, if we allow the discouragements of unanswered prayer to keep us from praying, we are starving ourselves of the oxygen that we need. We're starving ourselves of the oxygen that we need. So, so a few thoughts about ways that we could, uh, in greater measure in the coming year, um, give ourselves over to prayer. So let's think about personal prayer for a moment. Some of us write prayer cards, and those are, you just stick them in your Bible, and you have them on a three-ring binder. For those of us who are old school, um, you know, and I, I definitely am, I like to write it out. Like, keep prayer cards and and review what God has done and, and keep those things on the list that God has not yet answered in the way that you're praying for. Uh, prayer cards are a great way to do that. There are a zillion prayer apps as well. If you're a more phone-based person, great. Uh, use the phone to keep a prayer list and, and keep in answers to prayer. Um, you know, we, we can testify to the way God's at work publicly and, and in our, our care groups and, and amongst one another. Hey, you know, let, let's not wait for the big, huge prayer request just to rejoice and how God answers prayer, how God has moved. Let us take opportunity to do that and enjoy and celebrate answers to prayer that come. Pray in care groups. Take time in your care groups to pray. Ask, maybe, maybe in the coming year, ask someone. Say, hey, Brother, sister, would you get together? I mean, can we get together whatever frequency you want, but get together and just, just take some time to pray. Just take some time to, to set our, our lives kind of to the side and just commune with God in prayer. There are ways that we can do that in an organized way, like Thursday morning, men's meeting at, at 6 a.m. at the church office. Ladies, at 8 a.m. on Fridays at, at the Coyles House right here in Souderton. Sunday morning prayer, 9.30 a.m. in the teacher's lounge. As, as we gather together to pray for the service, pray for God to act and move, let us keep ourselves, dear friends, in the love of God as we pray in the Spirit. Finally and thirdly, he says, wait on the Lord. What, what does he say exactly? Look at verse 21. Let me read it again to you. But you, beloved, verse 20, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. The mercy of God is promised 
for uh, the mercy of God has promised eternal life for all who believe. And, and this is a great motivator for us, right? Hope is a great motivator, isn't it? For the Christian, hope doesn't just hold certainty of God's promise in, in a future day, though it does. It, hope holds out great motivation for us today because God's promises are yes and amen. And he's saying, as you wait on the Lord, this Lord of mercy, you will be rewarded with eternal life. And as you wait, wait in hope. As you wait, wait in hope. And I I want to, this morning as I was finishing my preparation, um, just believe the Lord wanted me to encourage a particular group among us this morning. And it's those who are honestly would say, I have, I have lost hope because I'm tired of waiting on the Lord. I don't know the category. I don't know what, but I believe the Lord just wants to encourage you this morning that as you wait on the Lord, as you wait, none of us, right? None of us likes to wait. As you wait on the Lord, The Lord is good to those who wait on him. That's scripture. The Lord is good to those who wait on him. And so I want to say to you today, at the outset of 2024, as you wait on the Lord, the Lord wants to encourage you that he hears you, And that he, in fact, is answering. The Lord is never slow to keep his promise. He he never comes early. He's never late. He's always on time. And it's good and it's right for us in our fast-paced world where we want to get things done to wait on the Lord. Do you see, Jude is actually, he's like a doctor for our soul. He knows what we need. God inspired him to write this because he wanted to give us a good gift this morning. So as we, as we build ourselves up in the most holy faith, as we pray in the spirit, as we take time to slowly and patiently remind ourselves of the goodness of the Lord, therefore we can in fact wait on him as we wait on his mercy. He wants to remind us of his deep and abiding love for us. And, and one way we see this finally here is the, the last thing. Uh, because Jude opens and closes with one particular message that I want to uh, draw your eyes to this morning. And that, that truth is this. At the end of it all, we have effort to be putting into these things, but you are being, if you're in Christ, you are being kept by God. And he, he bookends his letter by having these. Look with me at verse 1, if you would. Verse 1 of Jude. He says this, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, now pay attention to these words, to those who are called, that means God has has awakened you to life. Those who are called beloved in the Father. And what's that next word? Kept for Jesus Christ. Say it with me. Kept. We're kept for Jesus Christ. Now, look at the end, um, the very last two verses. Now, to him who is able to what? Say it with me. Keep you. Right? Let's say it again. Now, to him who is able to Yes. 
Do you see it? The bookends of this letter is he says, hey, beloved, those who are of the Lord, those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone to save them, you are kept not by some random promise out there. You are being kept by Almighty God yourself, himself. He says that at the beginning and then at the end. He reminds them, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to do what? To present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all things, all time, and now and forever. Amen. This is what Jude is saying. In the middle of his, his letter, he's saying, hey, beloved, there are things that we can do to keep ourselves in the love of God. We build ourselves up in the most holy faith. We, we enjoy the word of God. We pray in the spirit. And, and as we have that, that direct line to God, we take advantage of that. That helps stoke the fires of our affections for the Lord. And then as we wait upon him and trust his timing and say, Lord, I, I may not understand all of these things, but I believe all these things that you are at work. What, what is the hope that we have surrounding those calls to action? Verse 1, you are being kept. Verse 24, you are being kept so that you will one day in Christ be presented before holy God, justified, freed of all sin by the mercy of Christ. You are being kept, dear friends, this morning. As you wait on the Lord, you are being kept. As you read the word of God, you are being kept. As you pray in the spirit, you are being kept for God's glory. Let me close with the words of the apostle Peter when he says it so well. He says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. What? Kept in heaven for you who God's, by God's power are being guarded through, for, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Dear friends, at the moment when we think, oh, I have a lot to do here in response to the word of God. No, you are being kept. And one of the means by which you are being kept is the very thing, the delights that God is calling you to today, to his word, to prayer, to wait, to his word, to prayer, to wait. Dear friends, you are being kept. Let us in 2024, let us, beloved, as the church of God, dig into these means of grace that he gives to us. Let us encourage one another in these means of grace, spurring one another on by love and good deeds that we might together stoke the flames like putting another log on that fire. We all need it at times because our, our own fires can, can dwindle. Let's together put the logs on that fire, those means of grace that God has given to us so that we can keep ourselves in the love of God all the while knowing 
that we, in fact, are being kept by Almighty God. Amen? Amen. This is the Lord's plan for us, and it's a delightful plan. And may we together pursue him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Would you stand with me as we prepare to sing our closing song? Heavenly Father, thank you for this this word that may occupy in some of our Bibles maybe a a bit of a obscurity. We don't perhaps read Jude very often, but in the book of Jude we find these nuggets of gold this morning. Father, you inspired this this writing of this letter to these dear people back then and you inspired it so that we could receive benefit from it today. And you did that because you skillfully, like the master shepherd that you are, you skillfully wanted to address our hearts and give us life. You are the chief shepherd. And the chief shepherd has come to to give us life, not to take life away from us, by loading us down with all kinds of things we have to do to prove our worth. But instead, you have given us life through Christ. And now you give us these graces so that we can keep ourselves in your love. Lord, thank you for these things. And now we pray. I pray for 2024. Lord, please help us not to drift Help us not to just stop paddling and put our heads back and close our eyes and and just go with the current because we'll find ourselves drifting away. We don't naturally drift toward you, Lord. And so we commit ourselves afresh with great joy in our hearts. You want us to commune with you. You want us to pick up that line to you that we have readily available and pour out our hearts to you and submit our hearts to you as our Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, please help us. We're weak. We, we all fall. But in our weakness, may you make us strong for your glory and for our good. We pray this together in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen.